The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Here we are, completely on time, bang on schedule. We never fuck up. I swear, we never do. Uh, I am the human embodiment of sleep deprivation, Jack Robshaw, and I am joined by the human embodiment of never being on fucking time for anything, KC. <laughs> uh, yes, very accurate. Uh, how's things, mate? Pretty good? Yeah, not, not too bad. I'm not that tired. That's all I've got. Yay. <laughs> it's, that extra ten, it's that extra 10 minutes of napping I just took. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, being tired is apparently really good for you, because all I heard for a week straight was that Leeds were absolutely fucking exhausted. So anyway, Leeds beat Newcastle 5-2. Uh, this game was made harder work than it needed to be for quite a while. But I'd say for about five minutes, we were really sloppy at the start. And after that, we were by miles the better side the entire way through. Yeah, absolutely fantastic to see us get back on top, dominating the game. Um, I think it's us watching match of the day early. I think we've you this game is now our third game of having in the top five most shots in a game this season. Um, so yeah, kind of. As you were, but we actually finished to, uh, last night as well. Yeah, there were some really good finishes, especially late on to drag the score up. I, I never actually looked at what his XG was, but I'll bet you it wasn't five. Uh, um, obviously, we, we got really on top, and then and we we got caught. But I thought, click, let Ryan Fraser cross that ball way too easy. It's a good flick on from Wilson, but Luke Ayling should get nearer him. Hendricks in at the back post, Alioski switched off and let him get there. So there's like three separate, none of them are like massive, oh, it's completely your screw up. But three in a row that all weren't great, all back to back, it's always going to be a bit of a problem. Yeah, it, it, was, dis- it was disappointing. Then with the way we've played in the last couple of games, your head drops a bit, doesn't it? When you, when you see a goal going like that and you just, you just a bit concerned that it's going to be another one of those days. Um, but you say, was, I think, I think you, you saw Alioski with the most pointless last ditch slide to get nowhere near blocking Hendrick from scoring. But yeah, because they, they'd had outside of that, the, the, the only chance they'd had was phrase. Was it Fraser had a shot parried wide by Melier a few minutes before that. Um, yeah. I, I think Fraser was the closest thing they had to a, a threat all game. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle's threat usually does come from wide. Obviously, their best winger wasn't playing because Sam Maximan wasn't there. But luckily, in other games, when we have conceded a sloppy goal and gone behind, we've and we've been worried about it, you know, it's taken a while to get back into it. But this one, I'm not sure how long it was, but we just kept his foot down, remained on top. And then straight down the other end and Bamford scores. It's a good cross from Rafinha. Brilliant header from Rodrigo. The looping header that I thought 
in real time and even I think for the first two replays. Oh, that's just really unlucky that it's hit the bar. Bamford taps it in, but it was actually a really good save from Darlow uh, on the first header. Bamford, it was quite funny because uh, the pre-match, I don't normally listen to the build-up, but I did this time. And it was very funny talking about how Patrick Bamford does not score goals in the six-yard box. So Patrick Bamford scored a goal from inside the six-yard box. Yeah, there was well, there was some grade-A bollocks in, in that pre-match analysis from... Mostly from Hasselbank. Uh, yeah, but how, how do you know that Callum Wilson is going to score goals? Uh, well, he just looks like it. Yeah. I mean, you look, you look at him and go, he will score goals. Yeah. Um, but no, it nice to see Bamford following stuff uh, stuff in like that. As you say, great effort. Very good save. Um, no, we, we were just, after the goal, we were straight back into it and just, we absolutely pounded them. Ooh, ah, misses. <laughs> uh, yeah, so getting one all. Overall, pretty pleased with the first half. Better side for certain. I was, I was quite happy with it, and I did think if we keep this up, we'll be all right here. Uh, and then the the second goal when it came. Now, there's been a lot of frustration with Jack Harrison over the last couple of weeks, and I'm not here saying oh everyone's wrong, including me. Because he has been poor, but this was the other side of him. Like, as good as his late goal was, I thought this was better. Ball out from Rodrigo. That's, it's overhit. It's not a good pass. It's going out for a goal kick. And Rodrigo uh, gets it out there. And this first touch from Harrison, and we know he's got pillow feet. Like, it's one of his things. This, this wasn't Jack Harrison. This was Jackie Haradonna. Uh Great touch. Volleyed cross. And a great header from Rodrigo. Uh, Casey's way of phrasing it because it was like knee high using his inner Becchio to finish <laughs> but this this as good as as good as the last goal was from Harrison and that was you know the best strike this was a brilliant goal I love this goal I, to, I, when Harrison brings that down the only thing I can liken it to is when like Michael Jordan makes the last second slam dunk in Space Jam like I'm pretty sure Jack Harrison's leg extended so it could reach that ball and bring it down but it was it was such a fantastic touch I, I don't know how he's done it but I I think he he must be in the top three in the division for the best first touch yeah not <laughs> he might be in the he might be in the bottom half for the second touch at times but the first one was <laughs> fucking outstanding yeah uh, and luckily you know, that gets us 2-1 up, we're on top. That means Newcastle are going to have to come out, which sets us up to counter-attack. In, you know, that means that we've pretty much got the game won, so long as we don't have any massive, obvious shortcomings in our defending. So anyway, Kieran Clark's got ahead from a corner. <laughs> Sick. Uh, it was soul-destroying, wasn't it, to see? Because... It's one of those things where you just like, listen, I am not Marcelo Bielsa, but maybe try something else. Like anything else. <laughs> I throw a throw another ball at the at the ball coming in. I don't know. Just try something. Take a net. Like anything. <laughs> but don't let Karen Clark jump above you fairly comfortably. Yeah, now it's it's weird to say this because this as well, this was Luke Ayling again. 
the corner comes in and he just gets nowhere near beating Kieran Clark, who and he's a centre back and he's all right in the air, but he's not some. It's not like he's against Virgil Van Dijk. It was poor defending, but uh, we probably should mention how we conceded that corner. Uh, you know, I spe- we spent the entire last podcast banging on about, okay, we're shit at defending set pieces, so don't give away cheap ones. And Calvin Phillips managed to take a corner so bad that we conceded one, basically. <laughs> Calvin <laughs> Phillips is a great player, but that's one of the worst. That's That might be the worst corner I've seen a Leeds player take since Pierre Loren. <laughs> oh, yeah, he just it went for the short corner. And I've never seen a short corner gets intercepted like that. As in... The defender just seemingly stood there and went, I'll have that. <laughs> and then they went up the other end of the pitch, put a cross and we put it behind for a corner. Look, I mean, to be and, fair, and, that was a good save from earlier. Yeah. Um, and I think all our asses clenched a little bit when it went behind. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, it's 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, the... Um... It was again. That was there was a real moment of frustration. I could have easily found. I could have found myself. Like for instance, that's one of the moments where if we'd have been in the ground, I'd have been going absolutely mental when that goal went in. You and between two and four thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, well, we've just got the news. We're staying in tier three, so it'll be a while. Uh, but again, they didn't panic and played some more good football. And in the end, click crossed. Dallas comes stealing in. It was actually a change by Steve Bruce that really helped us this. Because um, they Newcastle, for all their, you know, they didn't really show much in terms of quality or anything, but they were quite disciplined. They didn't press us at all. They just sat back. They did what they want. They, they've got a, it's a shit plan as far as I'm concerned, but they had one and they stuck to it. But he brought on Miguel Almiron, who I really like as a player, which is probably why Steve Bruce don't play him. Uh, but he is an attacker. He was on the left and he just, he was 10 yards late chasing back Dallas at the far post. Good, good headed finish as well. Yeah, obviously it, it cross comes in and it's just over Rafinha. I think that's, that's going for it. Um, and Dallas just arrives at the end and heads in and, I wasn't confident still at that point of holding a lead, if I'm being honest. No, um, well, yeah, I suppose if you've already conceded a couple, the second goal that they scored, it was very soon after, wasn't it? Like, we really didn't hold it for long. No. And you were really worried. And you're especially worried when Newcastle get a corner. But we have figured out what you do when the opposition gets a corner. Someone has to score. So we might as well make it be us. <laughs> It was, I tell you what, for, I'm going to say about six seconds was some of the worst football I've ever seen between Leeds' petty attempts to clear the ball and Newcastle's futile attempts to keep the attack going of just people swinging and flapping at this ball until finally someone got their foot on the ball and went, right, I'm not dealing with this anymore. And off Rafinha went. Yeah, he did well, Rafinha. Led the counter-attack well once he got it. It was a good first touch as well because it was hammered at him. But he just, the way that he ran at the defender sort of occupied the defender and brought him onto himself. But held it up. 
And As luckily, the tired legs of Leeds. Yeah, I was just going to say, luckily for Newcastle, though, Leeds were knackered, so it's really hard for us to get men forward. So anyway, Leeds had a five on two. <laughs> uh, little ball into Pablo Hernandez, who's not long since come on. Square to Alioski, and I, it might be a bit mental and stuff, but it was actually a very calm, well-taken finish. For a second, Jack Harrison is so disappointed that Alioski has taken that ball. You can see he's just like, ah, oh. ah, he's scored, it's fine. Well, it was quite um, funny because Alioski was the one that got the header away. Yeah. Like in the box, he's straight up there. It was, yeah, it was, it was kind of the attacking opposite of um, the Josh Windass Wigan situation where you saw that flood of Leeds players getting back. It was just, oh my God, we have so many players. How did we even have this many players on the pitch? And I think there's just, obviously Rafinha carries it forward. Hernandez is there who has only been on the pitch about two minutes. So he's fresh, but he is also 42. So fair play to him for getting up the field. Alioski has charged up from left back because, um, and yeah, it was, you know, nice layoff from Hernandez. Click, I don't know if Click was worried about being offside or something, or if he just realised Alioski was in a better position. If Click had gone for that ball, he was about three yards off. So he just, he leaves it and then... He just stands there like this. Like, I'm not involved. Yeah, no, not me. (laughs) So he might as well have been shouting, journalist. (laughs) (laughs) he was staying so out of the way yeah Uh, Alioski just absolutely fires it past uh, Darlow nah that's not firing it that's not firing it past the next goal is firing it past someone Uh, again corner cleared this time Hernandez on edge of box finds Harrison who just runs and isn't really challenged at all no there's a lot of backing off back off back off Absolute thunder bastard into the top corner. Uh, which ended up, for me, sealing his Man at Match award, even though I actually think Rafinha was the best player on the pitch. If you end up with a world-class assist and a belting goal in a 5-2 win, especially when you've been getting pelters for two weeks, I, I had to give him it in the end. I mean, he's my boy in that team. It's Jack Harrison, so I'll never have a bad word said about him. Really, the Englishman uh, who spent a lot of time in America, that's your boy, is it? Uh, with a top knot as well. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the top knot. That's, that seals it for me. But yeah, you can, you can only start identifying with him properly once he goes grey anyway, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just to, poor from Newcastle, but the fact he got to about 25, 30 yards and just thought, no, I'm just smashing this into the top corner and there is nothing any of you can do. Yeah. Um, basically, the, 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 obviously, we've gone through the goals. It was a great performance. Who on the pitch really stood out for you? Um, I thought Rafinha was, was absolute quality again. Uh, he just he caused them trouble every time he was in possession. Um. I, th- I, th- I thought, I'm, I'm not saying for man of the match, but I thought, Certainly, obviously, the left-hand side looks miles better than it has done in the last couple of games. So, Alioski looks a lot better. And I dare say that's because the first half, outside of losing Jeff Hendrick, I can't remember Jeff Hendrick actually touching the ball. Yeah, other than the goal. I suppose he is. A, he's also a really essential player in Hendrick. I know he can, can play talk, 
Can we talk about Newcastle's tactics a second? I mean, because if you want. Because it's a plan. <laughs> it, it, like, right, if you've had a, two weeks off and then you're playing two games in four days or whatever it was for them, I fully understand, especially when you're still missing a chunk of your team, if you're going to say, right, let's, let's just put eight men behind the ball and hope to, you know, play balls in behind for Callum Wilson to chase or something. But I could not tell you what Newcastle's defensive plan was. They, there was, they were just all over the place. They were, you know, they weren't just allowing Leeds to have it in wide areas or like you'd have thought having seen what teams have done against us to stop us, that if you don't have a fit team, then yeah, by all means, like park the bus, play for the draw. But they just allowed us so much time. Like yeah, I, I couldn't, and, and then after half time, I couldn't tell you what Steve Bruce's plan was after that. Of just, all right, boys, we've you know we've got a goal here. We, we've you know we're drawing. We'll take a point away from home. Joe Linton appeared to be the laziest player I've watched in a while. I like, think the Joe really- Linton thing. Like, Joe Linton was sort of playing as the sort of centre-attacking mid, centre-forward in a 4-4-1-1. And I mm-hmm. think that the reason he looked so lazy is because he couldn't get a moment's peace away from Calvin Phillips. Like, he just couldn't get away from anyone. He was he was nowhere. Because uh, that- at the start of the half, from, from our goal kicks, they they tried to press us. And that went within about 10 minutes, maybe 15 <laughs> minutes. So that didn't last. Yeah, well, it's a thing that we'll probably mention later. But in a lot of a lot of games that I've been worried about with Leeds, it's been right. Leeds go man for man, and I'm scared of these one v one matchups. Newcastle had to defend disengaged and sit back because if there was one v one matchups, Leeds win. Newcastle are one of the few one of the sides in the Premier League I think with some of the least individual quality throughout the side, especially when like Sam Maximan's missing. Like I don't think they're yeah. awful. I don't think they'll go down, but they're just in terms of like individual quality players. They ain't got many, and when a couple of them are out, it becomes a real problem for them. Uh, I thought it's weird to say this. I thought Luke Ayling stood out, even though he was, par- pardon me, at least partially at fault for both goals, but very much at fault for the second one. I thought he was really good in spite of that. And I will just keep monologuing while KC comes back. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that was you or me because mine did it in the build-up, so it could have been me. I uh, think this one was me. But yeah, I think Luke Ayling really stood out, he, despite the couple of errors. I love the way that he brings the ball out from the back. Like Joe Linton went and stood on was stood on Calvin Phillips. So we, but instead of. If if a centre back is willing to bring the ball out like that, it doesn't matter as much if they cut off the passing lane to Phillips, because Phillips yeah. just jogged back ten yards to centre back and just let Ailing run into that gap. Yeah. So we have the exact. Is it his passing isn't as good as Phillips, so it is still a downgrade, but it's an upgrade on not being able to progress the ball. But because at least once you're there, then you've then you've got your options, even if it's just a short pass into into click. Or, or you know a short ball out wide, but once you like you say once you bypass that, you're fine. And it's not like Newcastle were pressing us to any real degree for you know forcing him to make 
passes he didn't want to make. Yeah. Now, I, I don't get me wrong, it's nowhere near as good, but it reminded me of the, what we used to see a lot from Ben White. Ah, uh, Ben. Yeah. Lovely Ben. Lovely, young, handsome Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and maybe one day we'll be able to buy Ben White with uh, some San Francisco 49ers money. Because uh, obviously this has been in the pipeline for a while. Uh, there seems to have been a bit of movement with the 49ers increasing the staking leads. It sounds like it's going to be to 25%. Obviously, I don't know. I don't know for certain if it's going to happen or when, but they've, they've filed paperwork in America and stuff like that. So it's looking like it is happening. And apparently this deal will value the club at around $240 million. So that forty-five, that forty-five million that Radrizani spent on Leeds has done quite well. Yeah, and and again, it fits in entirely with Radrizani's policy so far of of working with a couple of investors, and I think you know, forty-niners have have been pretty well involved over the last eighteen months or so now. I think it is. Um, so it make it makes sense for them to kind of get a more significant stake in the club. Yeah, there's been a few people who are more au fait with the finances than me, saying that the males' numbers don't quite add up. And so that's saying that because their stake went up without more investment, if we didn't go up, it wouldn't be the 10% that they originally bought and then 15 now. It's more likely they're already near 15 and this is 10. Yeah. But like it's a, uh, I don't know enough about it to say, but it's just something to keep an eye on. It's the only real bit of news since the game last night. Mm. Uh, by the way, have you got like some bleach and sanitizer and all of that stuff? Ah, uh, plenty. Good. Am I, am I to ingest it? Yeah, no, just because when we're done, we're going to have to disinfect our podcast, I think. Yeah. Because, uh, well, you know, sometimes it's good to get a view from the other side. Unfortunately, the other side's scum. Okay. Uh, so, Yeah. Uh, not a warm welcome, definitely not warm, but a welcome to the podcast to a, a mate of Alex Benison, who uh, I, I make no bones about it, is a scum fan. Yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I was fine until that introduction. Jesus, <laughs> what, sort of, what sort of intro do you expect? I mean, look, uh, at, look at that me. fucking shirt you've got on. Look at you. You disgust <laughs> me. Yeah, because, you know, if you're coming down to a Leeds United podcast as a Man United fan, you might as well go full on prick. Well, that's your speciality, <laughs> mate. <laughs> no, no, mate. That was my gimmick. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so Sunday, half four. Uh, it's... God, I, I mean, look, I would always massively, massively give a shit about this game. It's Man United away. I hate them. I really do. But even more so, it's on my fucking birthday. We'd better play well. Because, <laughs> I mean, my birthday is going to be shit this year anyway. I can't go out or anything. So, please, I don't want it ruined. Um, but what do you reckon to Scum's season so far, Alex? You know what? Part, part of me is really disappointed, especially getting knocked out of the Champions League when we only needed a point in the last, like, two or three games. Um, oh, my heart bleeds for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, if you if, realistically, if we win our two games in hand, we are second in the league whilst not playing 
great football. We've not looked fantastic by any stretch of the imagination. But if we manage to win those two games and do go second in the league, it's not a right lot you can complain about. At least the results are kind of coming in. I don't know. Man United fans will find a way to complain about it. Yeah, if you were, if you read, if you see Man United fans on Twitter and the like, you would assume you were seventeenth. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, like we got that nil-nil draw against Man City, and people were kicking off. And yes, it was a boring game if you were a neutral fan. But it we was did, an awful game. <laughs> but we did look good against Man City, and you can't say that for like the past couple of seasons. City have normally battered us, and we've won on the counter attacks or. They've just battered us. Does but that make up? Does that make up for looking terrible against West Brom, though? Yeah, but we won. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. I'd say I'd say because you, you got battered by West Ham for an hour, but you won that as well. Uh, yeah, second half syndrome. Yeah, um, I mean, I've, I've got it here. What do you think of Manchester? Shit. What do you think of <laughs> shit? They're a poorly coached team with a lot of brilliant <laughs> players. Uh, I um, It's weird because I think, like, I am like a lot of Leeds fans in that I really, I want Solskjaer to stay in the job for ages because I think he is, he is making them worse than the sum of their parts. Yeah. Uh, is the best way to phrase it. But they are some really, really, really good parts. Like, I... <laughs> So I'm really I'm not really sure what to think in a game like this. It'll be interesting to weigh this from both sides. So like Casey, when you look at Scum's side, uh, who in their team like scares you? I mean, at the moment, it's it's kind of got to be Bruno Fernandez, hasn't it? Like he, it, I think everything good Man United do seems to go through him, um, and seemingly half the time ends in a penalty. Um, but I mean, as, just as an attacking unit, that side when you when you look at like him, Rashford, Martial, Greenwood, like it's it's a good attacking lineup. It's a great attacking lineup, I think. Yeah, like the, there's some real talent there, <clears throat> and if if you had someone with any sort of decent coaching experience at the top level who could get those, you know, get those four playing as a unit, I, I think they would, a lot of weeks, be unplayable. Yeah, they're, they're really, they've got loads of individual quality. Um, like, Fernandez, if someone could Nancy Kerrigan him in the next couple of days, <laughs> that <laughs> that would probably work out quite well for us. Because he is, for me, if he gets, in, if he gets injured now, there's going to be a hit out on one of us. Yeah, he is their number one. In the same way that, although we can play without him, I think Calvin Phillips is the most crucial to how we play still. I think Bruno Fernandes is their version of that. And as they'll probably play a 4-2-3-1, that will be the direct battle. It'll be Fernandes against Phillips in the 1v1 system, which I have all the faith in the world in Calvin Phillips, so that's a tough ask. Phillips get booked? Oh, if it if it's bigger than like eleven to ten, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good bet. Uh, obviously, Rash. I reckon it'll, you'll probably Rashford up front. Where you would think. Well, uh, I looked at the Chef United lineup that we played today. Um, and we're oh playing. yeah, the team. Oh, yeah, you're playing in like forty five minutes, aren't you? Yeah, we're playing Martial up top, 
with Greenwood, Rashford and Bruno as the three just behind. Well, luckily, it's nice and slow, that front four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? The, a lot of people might hate me for this, but I think our midfield looks stronger when we play McTominay and Fred than when we play people, when we play Pogba or Matic. Uh, everyone's got this thing against Fred being crap, but to be fair, he puts a lot of effort in. I mean, I mean, if if Twitter and Talksport is anything to go by, I think people have more against Paul Pogba than anyone else in that team. Yeah, I would think if, if according to, um, well, I'd say according to Graham Souness, that's probably the best way to phrase it. Uh, Paul Pogba might be the worst player in the Premier League, <laughs> despite being a genuinely world class midfielder. Uh, but it, he, that's just not working out. I, I dare say he'll be away in the summer. Um, but the same question reversed. Is, is there anyone in the Leeds side that you think can really cause you problems? If we play, if we play Shaw at left back, Rafinha has him on toast every day of the week mm. because there's just no way he's keeping up with the pace and he'll do some crazy step over and he'll break his ankle again or something bad will happen to Shaw. If it's Alex Tellers, I'll have a bit more faith in that, but like you said, Phillips sitting at the back and just hitting balls left, right and centre. Um, I really, really think Luke Aylin's probably one of the best right-backs for bringing the ball forward. I yeah, but yeah. Quite, the thing well, is, he won't, he won't be playing right-back. Yeah, but even in that Newcastle game, he brought the ball forward and still looked solid. Like, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't back Luke Aylin to pull away from... Uh, the likes of Marcus Rashford quite as easily as he was able to get away from Joel Linton. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> if Rashford's marking out on the left, which will be Dallas on the right back, Aileen's got only got to run past Martial, and Martial doesn't track. Mm. So he's going to have a, a bit more space than what I think people think. But I think Click's great as well. I think whenever he's got the ball, he always makes a dangerous pass or he seems to keep the ball quite well. You know what? I'm scared of the full Leeds team. I, I don't want to go. I don't want this match to come. <laughs> what is this world we live in now? The thing is, what I would say is, are you scared because of football? Are you scared, or are you scared because nearly all your mates are Leeds fans? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. On form alone, like the way that you play, I think the way you play, play would One thing that I think is going to really affect how this game goes is how much, like, will the fact that it's Leeds make Solskjaer not be sensible? Because I think that if they, right, we are not as good as them, but I think if Man United treat us as if we're Man City, Liverpool, and let us have the ball and come forward and then just hit us on the counter. Whereas Man, Man City and Liverpool are good enough that they can't just do that. I think if you sit back and just counter attackers, I think we're in serious trouble. But I think if you come out and go, no, we're Man United and they're Leeds, so we can just play them off the park, then I think we've got a real chance. I think it really depends on how the first five, ten minutes of the match goes. Um, you, If you come out of the blocks and start 
attacking us, I think he will set into that, sit back and we'll, we'll just get you on the break. If the first five, ten minutes is quite cagey, I think he'll start thinking, right, we'll push the team up and we'll leave a load of spaces in behind. But I'd rather play that counter-attacking football against you than try and play off the park. I mean, I think that's been the interesting thing for, for Leeds this season. There's been a few games now where teams have have had a, a pretty dominant fif- first 15, 20 minutes against us. And and I think that's given them that the feeling of, oh, they're they're there to be had. Like, let's get at them. And and like with the and the Man City game broke down a bit differently. But after those those 20 minutes, that's when then Leeds sort of feel their way into these games and start creating more chances and everything starts to flow a bit better. And I, and that's the feeling I, I could, or something I could see happening in this game of, of like you say, just Man U having a strong 15, 20 minutes and, and maybe not getting a goal, but then kind of feeling like, oh yeah, they're there to be, to be pressed and, and to attack. Yeah. I'm a, wouldn't, I was just like looking at your, I, I should really look at your lineup tonight, even though you're resting a few. But uh, I was just looking at him thinking, Maguire and Lindelof. I fancy Bamford to be able to get something out of that. If you play the midfield two that you're expecting, Alex, I reckon Rodrigo can get something out of... It would McTominay would probably be the deeper of the two, if they both play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I reckon Rodrigo can get something out of that. Uh Obviously, Rafinha versus the left back. I'd back Rafinha to at least get something against any left back. I don't, as well as Harrison did in the last game. I can't see Harrison running rings around Wambisaka because Wambisaka's one of the best one v one defenders in the league. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not going to be able to knock that ball forward against Wambisaka. Yeah, so I, I think that we've got enough that will be able to cause problems going that way. The uh, the problem I think we'll have is the. Uh, it's just if we lose a ball, like say we try and break forward and we lose the ball and all of a sudden you've got a fall on three, I just think that you've got so much pace and so much quality that I can't see as not concede. I keep saying this about a few games. Whenever we play a decent side, I think, God, I can't see how there isn't goals in this game. And it's the same again for this one. Well, there's goals in every Leeds game at the moment. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I uh, yeah, when when you talk like that, I just have images of us losing the ball, and yet Jani Alioski is on Man United's byline somewhere. Yeah, um, <laughs> and he will not be getting back in time. Um, yeah, yeah it, it'll be interesting because obviously we're not going to be we're not going to be changing anything as as much as pundits will speculate that uh, Leeds might have to rest since they had played a mid game week uh, midweek game. Sorry not thinking that we've just been doing that under Bielsa for the last two fucking years. Um, but, yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting. I, and I wonder if you see, because of that attacking talent, that, that Phillips does sit that little bit deeper, um, just so that Alioski and Dallas have that licence to get forward still. Yeah, I think Phillips will be quite deep, because I think Bruno Fernandes will stay quite high. Yeah, uh, to be honest, it, I think Phillips is going to have to drop deep to help out Cooper because yeah. Cooper's not got the pace to keep up with Martial or Fernandez. Yeah, we've just had a message off uh, Brad Carrot saying one saving grace is that Cavani's been banned. 
for that social media post he did. No, oh, I wish Harry, I, I wish Harry Maguire was banned because him at corners. Yeah, that was one thing I was going to say. I did. Uh, I don't know what the actual figures are, but the all stats aren't we guys were saying that. I think that their, Man United's actual attacking set piece stats aren't that good. But Newcastle's were the worst in the league and they scored from a corner and Man United's are significantly better than that. Uh, Maguire from corners is a is a big threat. Like, you know, I know that yeah. Slabhead is a bit of an insulting nickname, but it is also a strength. He's big, powerful and really, really good at heading the ball. If he plays, McTominay's pretty good in the air. If, po- if Pogba plays, he's really good in the air as well when he wants to be. It's just whether he wants to be. Yeah. But once you, you get past two, that's more than we've got. <laughs> you, you, say you, you think you think Slabhead's an, uh, a slightly insulting nickname? My mum keeps calling him Lardhead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you say. I don't know why. You say Pogba's a good aerial threat. Yeah, he's good at the attacking side of it, but defensively, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, well, as I say, I did say when he wants to be. <laughs> Yeah, there's a possibility that Cavani will be available for it because he's banned. He's got a, he's got until January to appeal, so he's technically banned not on yet. How long have they actually banned him for? Minimum of three. Minimum of three. You said it's one. I mean, don't want, they had they had to do it, and they they should do it. But it is one of them where on this one I can see the cultural argument because he clearly it, it it clearly was not meant as an insult, but. You have to educate yourself. You can't just say things like that. Yeah. Even if there is a difference between something being malicious and something being not, but that's why it's a free game ban instead of an eight game ban, I suppose. Yeah, I've already had this argument with another mate's fan. Yeah. I don't, as I say, I'd, it's, it's fair enough to ban him, but it's not the same as like racial abuse. It's no. saying something really stupid is a better punishment. Uh, but, like, I'm, I mean, Cavani, as much as he's getting on and it says a lot about Man United's transfer strategy that they ended up paying a shed load of money to someone of his age in a position that wasn't their main priority, he is a good player, so him not playing would be useful to us. Even though he'd probably be off the bench, but he's still quick, still runs his ass off. Yeah. I, I'd much prefer him up top of Martial. Ever since... We signed him in the January transfer window. The first six months we had Martial, I thought he was really good. And then afterwards, I think he's been diabolical. I don't think he's a, he's not an out-and-out finisher and he's not an out-and-out striker that we actually need. I would much prefer Greenwood to play as the striking role and play Martial on the wing, but I'm not a coach. No. Well, KC is. He isn't Marcelo Bielsa, but he is technically a coach. <laughs> So, uh, who would you be most scared of facing up front for them? Like, would it you would it scare you most if Rashford played central, if Greenwood played central, Cavani? I'm guessing not Odie and Agallo. No, it, it's Marcus Rashford. I think honestly, um, I, you know, I think he, he's such a threat. Whether whether he's you know drifting out wide. Um, and cutting back inside, I think centrally his footwork's fantastic, and him running at Liam Cooper will probably give me, uh, you know, cold sweats 
leading up to the game. Um, I, I don't know why in my head I'm, I'm sort of imagining like reimagining when Wayne Rooney ran at get ran tried to run past Richard Naylor and Richard Naylor just booted him up in the air is is the best way I think Liam Cooper will deal with Marcus Rashford. Yeah, we, uh, we might we might need a couple of them to stop quick counter attacks just to switch. Someone get Jason Crow on the blower just in case. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it says a lot about the way Solskjaer's managed his squad that we've talked about this game for this long and none of us have mentioned Donny van der Beek who's a great player. I, I mean, I think I've got to that point where I just don't expect him to play now because Solskjaer seems to think that he's more of an impact player than he is a starting player, but I genuinely think he should be the third or fourth name on the team sheet. Yeah. Like, I think he's a really good player, and I think he's someone who would cause us a lot of problems if he played. It certainly causes more... Right. In theory, it causes more problems with McTominay and Fred. I'm not saying definitely, because if I say that, Scott McTominay, I'll score a fucking screamer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... You'd have thought after the goal that he scored against Palace when he came on in his debut that maybe we might have actually given him a chance at a starting role in the Premier League match. But he seems to have this this vision that either McTominay or Fred are our two central defensive bits or it's Popper and Matic and nobody else. Yeah, well, it's uh, I say this... It's one. It's it's very much nice to be back having this game as a least as a league fixture. Uh, it, did did Manchester is Manchester gone back into tier three now? I think Man- Manchester was always in tier three, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool, was Liverpool, Liverpool was in tier two, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was making up because they've changed them today, but it seems like pretty much everything's gone tier three. Yeah. Hooray! You know, you know, as as I said last time, unless it's Christmas, because you can't get COVID at Christmas. Uh, so what? Well, obviously we've talked about the game a fair bit. I and I think it's going to be like a lot of them. I think we'll have, even though it's at Old Trafford, I think we'll have fifty five percent of the ball. Uh, and I, but I think that Man United will look more dangerous if we can get a goal in the opening 15 minutes, then I think we'll be okay. But unfortunately, I I wish it wasn't the case, but I'm going to, I think we're going to get beat. I think it's going to be a bit like Chelsea in that they're just going to have too much individual quality. I don't think it'll be because of coaching or system or anything. I just think they've got a squad that costs 10 times as much as ours. And because of that, they'll be better. So I think we'll get beat 3-1. I am going to say, you know, like how with us, they keep refer like they kept referring to like the last time we played Newcastle in the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go off the last time we played Man United at Old Trafford in the league and uh, we got a one-all draw there. So, you know, I think we can go into this one with some positivity off the back of that result. Um, and then obviously last time we were there in the FA Cup we got a win as well so we've got we've got a solid record at Old Trafford our last two appearances even yeah. if they were spread over 16 years yeah and the other time that they played is when they beat us in the League Cup that was Ellen Road so that doesn't count exactly yeah. when Ryan Giggs started playing centre-back to take the piss but yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a different matter um, 
So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a two all scoring draw. Like you say, I think I think there is goals to be had in this one. Um you know, I think I think Man United are there to be got at as well. Um I'm I'm scared of the individual players, but I'm I'm le- I'm less worried about Man United than I than I was about Chelsea. But it's a, I will I would change that prediction. If the team sheet comes out an hour before kickoff and Bruno Fernandes isn't on it, I would honestly then fancy us to get at least a point. I yeah. think he's that important to him, but I'm assuming he's gonna play. <laughs> yeah, you've got hope Chef United kick the shit out of him tonight. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there was part of me, there was part of me thinking like oh, it'd be really funny if Sheffield United beat them, but then they'd want to get vengeance. So I, I really hope you steamroll Sheffield United tonight and just stroll into into Sunday's game really overconfident. By the way, in the least shocking news in the world, the Villa and Burnley game that no one's bothering to watch is nil nil after seventy one minutes. Oh, uh, so Alex, what do you reckon? Um, I'm gonna go hopeful and say that we win two one, and you'll never guess what we'll we'll score a penalty. <laughs> I, to be honest, for my own sanity, I might have some money on you scoring a, on Man United to score a penalty. Yeah, because if if Cooper's gonna make a mistake, it'll probably lead to us having a penalty. In fact, we didn't mention it when we were going through the Newcastle game, but at 2-all, Liam Cooper made a slide tackle in the box from behind. But, uh, this, I, I just think it was a penalty. Like, <laughs> was, yeah. Let's call a spade a spade. The man went through the back of him and didn't touch the ball. Yeah, it was uh, a penalty, wasn't it? It just absolutely was a penalty. <laughs> and my, my favourite bit of the Amazon Prime coverage, uh, Mark Clattenberg, what, you, you thought that was a penalty, didn't you? Yeah, he really went through the back of it. Like, oh, that's, uh, turns out that's Robbie Savage, who we didn't really want to hear from. But no, yeah. I, uh, as I say, if, if, if we could get a point out of this, it would be a tremendous result. Uh, I just, I do just wonder, like, I, this is one of them where if there is a chance we get hammered in this game, just because of the way we play, you know, say Man United get one early, and then they can just couch on counter attack. There is a chance of that happening. And if it does, we just have to not worry about it. Because this isn't the game that's going to matter in the season. Like playing against Burnley on the 27th makes way more difference. Hmm. But God, it'd be fucking nice to beat them. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I think I'm more nervous for this game than Leeds fans are nervous for this game. Like if we, if we lose to you, then I'm, go into hiding until New Year. Luckily, um, in lockdown, you have to. <laughs> um, but if we win, we all we've done is beating a team that's just got promoted. Like yeah. it's not, it's not something to brag about. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think my concern is like if we lose, I'll be upset, but I could live with it. If if you ended up hammering us. I'd, it'd really hurt. Yeah, like that would just be upsetting. Yeah, it's a bit like when we got beat by Chelsea. You're like, well, Chelsea are by far the better side. Chelsea should beat us, but Frank Lampard made it hurt. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we should lose this game. That's fine, but if it's a hammering, it'll hurt. And they're still tired from playing us. They've lost two on two on uh, the next two games, haven't they? Yeah. By the way, did you see the excellent Twitter joke that someone made? Uh, Graham Smith put. Leads in tier three. 
And some quote tweeted, they put, hey, last time we were in tier three, we beat Man United 1-0. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully that comes to pass. Uh, have we got anything else that we need to talk about? No, I don't think. I think we got it all covered. Oh, well, uh, thanks for coming on, Alex. I'll disinfect us podcast when you're gone. Uh, <laughs> if you want to hear of that, it's weird. Uh, there's other places that will you know, plug their stats work and all of that stuff, which is very, very good. And I'm subscribed to their Patreon for a reason. But here we've got, if you want more of Alex, then you need to follow a wrestling podcast. Armchair <laughs> uh, Wrestling, where he has uh, interviewed several bigger names than you would expect across uh, wrestling, um, like people who you'll have actually heard of, like Devon Dudley and stuff like that. Uh, I'm Ken, using Shamrock, that. Mate. Ken Shamrock. Yeah. And Ken fucking Shamrock. Uh, but yeah, that's on Twitter at Armchair Wrestle One without the E in Wrestle because people nick stuff on Twitter and you can't get what you want. Uh, obviously, we're on Twitter at Mighty White's Pod. Uh, the stuff we write goes up on through it all together, which is also on Twitter at THIU. It's all LUFC. Uh, if you need anything editing and stuff at the moment, then you can go to Medicine Room Studios, which is on Facebook or medicineroomstudios.com. As always, I say it every time, there's not really much recording at the minute because of COVID, but in the long term, it will be available for that as well. Uh, all else that we need to sort? Uh, can I just say, we are, us three will be going live on Saturday on Armchair Wrestling to do our oh. end of year show. Yeah, we will be We will be on. Uh, we're all, we, Well, we're always on. It's just that it doesn't come up with much cross-promotion very often. Yeah, doing our end of year awards and stuff. Uh, so we will we will tweet that out and stuff when it's done. Uh, uh, we'll be joined joined by the guys from regularly scheduled hostilities, I believe. Yeah, uh, and on Sunday, uh, I believe it's just Casey. I don't know if you are as well, Jack. Uh, stand your ground. We're doing the year twenty twenty team of the year. Uh, I uh, is are we going on at seven? Yeah. I should be okay. I should have Leeds game kicks off at half four, so I should have everything written and up in time for that. Uh, and you will probably see me drinking my way quickly through it because it's my birthday and I'll drink if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I've only I, I can't get drunk in the house in a few months once the kids are born, so I'm I'm getting drunk in the house. Kids. <laughs> kids, plural. Once the kids born. So yeah, that will do us. Uh, thanks very much to Alex for joining us. And I dare say the next time we play scum, we might let you back on. It depends how long it takes me to clean up the airwaves after we've had a scum along. Yeah, I've been on with this shirt once. Next time I'll, I'll wear something else. Well, we'll, we'll see. Maybe he'll be wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Sorry, I had to get that in because we all, we always do a Simpsons reference at some point and we haven't done one the entire show. So I had to get one in. Uh, I've been Jack. I'll see you later. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. In a bit.